Hello, this is Reverend Judith Laxer. Wherever you are tuning in from all over our precious Mother Earth, thank you for listening to the podcast of our Goddess Worship Service entitled The Soul of Winter. My wish is that the food for thought offered nourishes your soul. The Guy's Temple Ministry is sustained by generous donations such as yours, and we need your financial support. If everyone who listened in donated just $3, that would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening and wish to donate to help support our ministry, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you, happy holidays, and blessed be. There we go. Okay. Well, my friends, here we are, the last month of the year, and since we only meet for worship once a month, the last worship service of 23, the wrap-up. Also, it is wrapping up our one-year anniversary returning to meet in person. Yahoo! Best of all, it's been right here in this gorgeous sanctuary, and I am so grateful for that. This place feels like home to me, such a safe and welcoming place. And I want you to know that we are here by the graces of Shoreline UU, such generous people. Their generosity of spirit and sense of community is something admirable and inspiring. I am so thankful for this house of worship and the grace that it is in the world. The UU mission of following the wisdom of many spiritual traditions, that's just such a beautiful thing. Well, Shoreline UU is doing so much more than just that. They are upholding our ministry as well, which is a very big thing to be doing. And I am so grateful. Thank you to Shoreline UU Church for hosting us here in your beautiful house of worship. Can I get a blessed be? Blessed be. So Yule is just 11 days away, count them 11, when the sun returns and the days begin to grow longer. This means, <laughs> this means that we are halfway through the dark half of the wheel of the year. At Yule, we know, woo! <laughs> we're just going to say woo for everything today. <laughs> At Yule, we know that the next six weeks will be equally as dark as these past six weeks. The difference, however, will be energetic. It feels different after the solstice, and the difference shows us the power of the sun. It's a very different feel than when the days are growing shorter as the darkness encroaches. Light encroaching feels very, very different. After Yule, we will begin to feel this energetic shift uh, in that great cosmic balancing act. But right now, we are in what we might call the dark moon phase of the solar year, just before the solstice. Such a time for night, such a time for stillness. The Sabbath of Yule is midwinter. It is the threshold for light to return. And from that cosmic and liminal understanding of this threshold flow all the stories and myths and legends of this time of the solar year, using many, many metaphors for us to learn one simple thing, that the nature we call mother extends beyond just our beautiful earth. On the winter solstice, we embrace the great cosmic mother. She is the universe giving life. 
We see her within a much larger context than just any one particular goddess of earth, although we find that goddess in many earthly emanations there in the very fabric of our origins. At Yule, we say the great cosmic mother gives birth to the sun. The light returns across the threshold from the depths of her sacred body, the womb of night. And we support the mother in her labor, in our magical practices. We are like her midwives, eager for the light's return. Which is a cue for a beautiful song. <laughs> Quietly. 
We greet you with honor and welcome you in. Come into our dreams, come into our dream, come into our dream, now it's yours. Come into our dream, come into our dream, come into our dream, now it's yours. Such a beautiful song. You sound so beautiful. You know, I was lucky enough to meet Carol Hillier, the author of that song, the songwriter, at the Goddess Spirit Rising Conference back in the 20 teens sometime. She was a lovely woman dressed in earth tones like the forest. She spoke in a soft British accent, very humble and a bit shy. But when she sang and played, she played the baron, you know? Wow. The very air in the room moved. I mean, she cast a spell on us, as these ladies did today. Come into our dream. Now it's yours. You know, the first time I heard this song on Ruth Barrett's album, do we still call it albums? <laughs> I understood this as a birthing song. You are born to the mother and born to us all. And that the now it's yours part meant the next generation. And of course, it does mean that. And over time, the meaning of that lyric has broadened for me. It feels like the goddess is singing it to me, that now that I am in body, the dream is mine, or also mine. It feels like the dream is now also mine, and so I hold responsibility for the dream within me. Responsibility in the truest sense of the word, the ability to respond the capacity to respond to a dream, a dream of one's own. This is good to gestate on at this time of dormancy. Winter is really good for this. To dream in possibilities as we cross the threshold of Yule, to keep our highest and best dreams in our awareness throughout the season of winter and especially as we cross that threshold, to hold our highest and best dreams as they wisely gestate through the cold and dark, to hold the spark of the dream consciously in our souls throughout the soul of winter. The soul of winter. You know, when I hear and write and speak the word soul, it feels deep to me. I look inward toward my soul. It's like, the energy goes this way. When I hear and I write and I speak the word spirit, it feels elevated to me. I look up and outside of myself. Now that doesn't mean that I don't have spirit within me too. I got lots of spirit in me. Ask anybody who knows me. I got lots of spirit. But knowing that I am both soul and spirit propels me to walk my spiritual path through life. I know I must get right with my soul inside here, and then I must align that with what goes on outside of me. It's come into our dream. 
there is a welcoming in that statement. Come into our dream. What is the dream that we share? Keep looking for what we share, my friends. This is how we participate in upholding our highest and best dreams for the world that we share. How we, each of us, doing our own part, uphold the dream that we share for peace and all the good things that go along with it. You know, I love what <clears throat> Shauna wrote in her chant that we sang at the beginning. We are light bringing light. Vision restores sight. Candle in the night. The vision, uh, the lyric, vision restores sight. That really grabbed my attention when I heard that. Because I'd always thought that it was sight that gives vision to the eyes, right? That sight was the sense that gives eyes vision. One of the main five senses that we have is sight. That's what we get when we come into body. So when I heard it put the other way, it was one of those things that make you go, hmm. You know? It challenged what I thought I already thought that I thought. <laughs> vision restores sight is using vision as the sense that gives sight to the eyes. And this speaks to a more esoteric understanding, I think, that we must envision something first before we can see it manifest out there in the real world. That it's part of an act of creation, that we must envision something first so that we can then see it happen out there. We must first conjure our dreams using our innate creativity and imagination before we will see it manifest in dense reality. And it's participating in manifesting that high holy dream. To me, this feels like very potent magic, a very potent magical technique and a beautiful spiritual practice. This visioning that we can do, it's the kind of thing that brings harmony from dissonance. It's the kind of thing that brings peace from unrest. And it begs the question, what are we going to envision? What is that dream we can all share? Now, I don't know about you, but when I look ahead to next year, I'm feeling a bit of trepidation, specifically about the next election cycle. It makes me nervous. I'm nervous about it. And I notice that when I feel this way, I worry about what could go wrong instead of envisioning what could go right. But this is the time to envision what could go right. We must keep envisioning what could go right. That's not all we do, but now we do that. To envision a peaceful world with leaders who are invested in and passionate about creating Peace, that's the vision we want to hold. Leaders who will use the many reconciliation protocols and techniques we already have to help us find common ground and forgiveness and establish truce within conflict to bring harmony from dissonance and peace from unrest. The vision we can conjure of this it's not just fantasy, it's a template and thereby potent. It's the magic that happens in the dark, in the depth of winter, 
when we hole up and get cozy and we dream a new dream for the future. It's not wishful thinking. Although our wishes uh, certainly do inform our visions, it's envisioning it so we can see it happen, feeling how we will participate in it. Vision restores sight like a candle in the night. So this is a very good something to gestate on in the depth of winter. Now gestation is such an important part, a crucial part for future development. Skipping gestation is not healthy. Gestate your high holiest dreams now during the depth of winter. Hold that vision that you have of your future, of the future, of our future now when nature provides the perfect time of rest for us to do it. This is how we steward the vision of peaceful and loving future into being. We become the magic of nature by following what she is doing in our spiritual practice. And right now, she is dormant and gestating. So if we're gonna be doing less and dreaming more, what is that dream? In a moment, I'm gonna ask us to uh, close our eyes and go within as we listen to the beautiful singers serenade us once more. And when their song is done, I'm gonna ask us all to just stay in that silent, quiet stillness, and then take a few moments of silence to do this envisioning for our highest, holy, best dreams. So we're gonna let the music help us travel there to envision our best dream. So ladies, if you would. When soul meets the wind. 
take a deep breath to bring oxygen to our brains, holding this vision healthily. And when you feel ready, gently bring yourself back here to the sanctuary. It feels so good to collectively envision, doesn't it? The best part of gestating our vision is that it takes no energy. We just have to dream about it, let our minds stray there and keep envisioning it. Nothing to do to dream, just to dream. Directed dreaming is calming. It's actually a good strategy for a break from normal waking reality which we all need to do from time to time. <laughs> dreaming is not taxing. In fact, it's restorative to dream, just to dream. So keep envisioning the best of your dream. We'll still be interacting day to day in our lives while we're doing this envisioning. It's just that now we're adding in envisioning something better. And I can tell you that if dreaming your best dream feels like one more thing to do, bless you, on a long list of your to-do list, then I would encourage you to uh, find something on that list that is not part of your best dream and let it go. Free up and redirect your time. This dreaming uh, doesn't need to take up a lot of time all at once. We don't have to clear the calendar for hours, right? What, we took, what, 45 seconds, maybe a minute? Look how potent that was to just get still and quiet and do that. A little bit, but consistently, is really, really good. It's how change is made. So maybe we can perceive our dreams as the river that carries us as we move through life. And we keep coming back to that dream often. It's really good. It can be a mere thought. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that beautiful peace. Oh, that lovely truce. Oh, that kindness. It can be a feeling that flits through you as you continue living your life. Focus on the truth of your high, holy dream and keep envisioning it. Vision restores sight. Now we cannot deny that autumn and winter of the year are the most reflective and nostalgic seasons. We are looking back at the past year and we are looking ahead at the coming year at a time of stillness, of quiet and deep rest, which is so crucial for our health. Winter is the right time to rest more, there's just no doubt about it, and even more to welcome and plan for and enact rest, like sometimes we have to put in the calendar rest time. Isn't that insane? But it's true. Rest, what we have come to disdain as frivolous. Resting has become a radical act. Have you heard of nap ministry? Napministry.com. The nap ministry is transformative because it asks us to reconsider how we value rest and invites us into rest. 
the concept of rest is, it's, it's not valued in capitalist patriarchy, is it? No, it's not. And after all this time, now we feel guilty or bad if we make a choice to rest. Rest because we're tired, rest because we feel spent, or just rest because it's winter and we're children of Mother Nature and we feel that truth. We must rest to fuel activity. It is our nature. It is natural for us. It is good for us. Doing less, resting more in winter is right action for health and wholeness. I think we are never more acutely aware of wholeness than at this time of the year when we must embrace the darkness of winter as part of wholeness. Winter does bring cold and dark, which is conducive to rest, but we don't hibernate all winter like the wise bear, do we? No, so sometimes we feel drained by having to endure it. I hear there are people who feel that. I love winter, it's my favorite season, so. Anyway, but if you really like bright sun for hours every day, the felt hardships of winter can make you weary with effort. That is why she provides the time to rest. It's okay to rest. There's something else that I want to include here, and that is the plight of the sensitive soul. If you are a sensitive soul, you probably felt a pang just hearing the word sensitive soul. When there is a sensitivity, it ought to be addressed and tended to. Instead, we live in a world that tells us that we're weak because we are so sensitive, and that weakness is going to attract predators, that being sensitive is dangerous to ourselves, and that we must learn to toughen up. All that's wrong with us is that we have to learn to toughen up because we are too sensitive. Now, I admit it's not a bad thing to learn to thicken our skin a little bit against the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. But the world shames us for our beautiful sensitivity. It seems to be ridiculing the gentler arts. Sensitive souls feel intensely because they are incredibly empathic. Their senses are heightened, which in many ways is a superpower, but not if the sensitive soul is not cared for. When a sensitive soul tries to ignore or deny their sensitivities, they lose vitality. That could look like illness in the body, mind, and or soul. That could look like fearlessness or fearfulness. It could look like rage. It can look like another extreme in our world. And for peace on this earth, we need to pull in from extremes. We need to back away from extremes. Let's deprive extremes, even our own extremes. Nope. Take a step back. Let's come back to center to find some much needed balance and repeat as necessary. But back to sensitive souls, I want to bring up how very important it is to protect our sensitive souls. And the very best way to do this is to rest. It might very well be that sensitive souls need more rest than others do, and that's okay. Admitting this truth is the first step toward healing. I'm a sensitive soul and I need more rest. And I'm gonna take more rest and I'm going to rest. My sensitive soul needs more rest than most. Acknowledge your sensitive soul. Be proud of it for possessing such gifts. And don't let anyone shame you about getting as much rest as you need and even more in winter. The deep 
time of winter when the solar year is low and we drop into sensing the undercurrent. That is when we need to rest so we don't burn out. We must rest and this is the time to make sure we do it. I know I'm saying it again and again and again, but we live in a world that tells us, set the alarm, be there on time. One more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Can't go to sleep until I finish. It's insane. We must rest and this is the time to make sure we do it. Next year, we are going to need to be rested and at our best. At the winter solstice, because of this great cosmic perspective, we remember that we are all made of stardust. And therefore, we are also like the sun, made of light. And the mystery is then revealed. That light rides within, resides within the depths of darkness. It never goes out. We carry that spark inside of us. At the solstice, when we welcome the sun's return, we rekindle our own light and remember to shine it even in the darkness. And all the metaphors therein, my friends, all the metaphors we have for shining light into darkness. As we prepare for Yule and in this deep time of reflection, with a big serving of nostalgia on the side, it's good to remember to hold the potential of our best dream, to hold all the best possibilities with the light's imminent return. Perhaps we reflect a bit more closely on what our own light is in the world so we can truly shine it out with more focus and more power. That's also a good thing to gestate. What is my superpower? What is my light? How can I hone that? Where can I shine it? Where was I? Shining our light in the darkness. We must trust this part of the cycle. We must trust this part of the cycle for healthy developments for our future. Winter causes us to look for our light and shine it out into the world. And your light shining out into the world, like my light shining out into the world, is what brings harmony from dissonance and peace from unrest. We can all do it, and we can all do it together. So this resting time is one of quiet also. I think this is why, um, you know, Silent Night is such a beloved song. And we have our lovely rendition of it that we sing with alternative lyrics, of course, because we're, we're good old-fashioned pagans, uh, which is a way, a lovely way that we usually end our December service. So um, Kathy, is going to play for us. We have our alternative lyrics that we will put up there as we sing Silent Night, Solstice Night. Here come the lyrics. Any moment now. They're gestating. The lyrics are gestating. There we go. All right, here we go. It's three verses.
It is true that winter and uh, the winter holidays, specifically of Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa, they're very social times. The, this harkens back to a time when we live much closer to the earth. So while she was dormant, we had more time for leisure, gathering around the fire and telling family stories and playing games. This was the perfect time to do this, and it still is. So if you plan to be social this holiday season, do indeed be social. Like, don't forget all your social graces. Be truly social. Don't forget the art of conversation, which means you talk for a while, and then you ask a question, let them talk for a while. <laughs> don't forget your boundaries, which, uh-huh. <laughs> don't forget your boundaries, which means if the conversation turns mean-spirited or combative, Subtly change the subject. How about those mariners? Or excuse yourself, you can do that. But don't escalate what is not going well. That's a social grace, tact and diplomacy. Uplift goodwill by demonstrating goodwill. I'm going to see your highest and best self. I'm going to talk to that highest and best self. Be the soul of winter at all of your gatherings, and I'm sure you will enjoy them even more. Be the soul of winter. I believe the soul of winter is goodwill. So there you have it. 
At the end of the solar year, I'd like to acknowledge and thank all the amazing people who have provided such support of this ministry and of me as well, beginning with the board of directors for Gaius Temple, our president, Reverend Karina Frenzel, our vice president, Tema Gotchberg, our treasurer, Noemi Shaparo, and secretary, Pamela Gerke. Thank you all for standing with me in leadership for Gaius Temple. Your shared vision and loyal support, both hands-on and in your big loving hearts, means the world to me. Thank you so much. Thank you to all the musicians who brought their talent and contributed such beauty to our services this year. Thank you to all the wonderful ritualists who have helped us keep the Sabbaths holy and to everyone who attended them. Thanks to Karen and Bob Harper, who invited us to come to their home again this year to make the wreaths, and to everyone who bought one, uh, most important fundraiser for our temple, and to all those uh, like Kathleen Green, who donated greens. <laughs> Kathleen Green gave us greens uh, to use for those beautiful wreaths. To Stina Brown, who created our Mother's Day bouquets, and to all of the volunteers who help us in countless ways along the way. Very, very grateful. To everyone who is here today, and to all those who attend but aren't here today, who are watching over Zoom and YouTube channel, and to all of you who listen to our podcasts, wherever you are all over the world, our services are listened to all over the world. And to those of you who are tuning into the today, as I said that, as we create our sacred space together, thank you so much. Thank you for meeting me here. Thank you for your open-hearted love of the goddess and your presence and practice in her ways and for choosing to do so as part of Gaia's Temple community. I know we are a very small entity in a very big world, but we are no less important for our small size. Our magic is potent and that is because it is rooted in our values of love, peace, respect, and integrity. Thank you, everyone, all of you, for your generous financial donations and pledges, and by doing so, helping to sustain Guy's Temple for us all. Your presence and participation contributes to the financial, spiritual, and community health of Guy's Temple, and I am eternally grateful. Finally, once again, thank you to Shoreline UU Church for your beautiful support and the amazing tech team. Thank you so much. Um, and I want to thank our musicians here today on piano, Kathy Sestra. And ladies, singers, please stand up. Oriole Lighten, Joyce Allison, and Roxy Dunaway. Beautiful, beautiful music you provide for us. Thank you so much. My friends, I wish the very best for you this holiday season. And I sure hope that you attend our Yule celebration because we do some very potent magic there too. Um, and uh, come and participate in that. May your vision grow for a better world. May it grow deep roots as they gestate within you ready to grow with the light once it returns. May we all remember to keep envisioning what we want instead of worrying about what we don't. Did you hear that, Judith? Yes, I heard you loud and clear. <laughs> and most of all, may you find a deep restorative rest in the beautiful depths of the season and the soul of winter. Blessed be. Before we can turn that off. Okay. 
Before we begin the community prayers uh, today, I'd like to hold a moment of silence.